Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another edition of It's Everything with me. Your host is B.B. Sweetbriar. It's so wonderful to be here again with the new year. We're only in our second show for um, the new year, and I'm just so happy to uh, be back with you all and ready with high energy like I know you guys are, right? You guys are, you really are out there ready to tackle on what we know will be hardships out there, particularly for the LGBTQ um, community. But I think we're ready. Aren't we ready? Aren't we ready? Didn't you dust off that armor that you had hanging in the closet that you thought you could send out for cleaning because we had a little bit of lull time? Well, now guess what? We need to pull that stuff back out and put it back on and get ready to fight because that's what we're going to have to do. But I think we're ready. So uh, welcome again to show we are here every sunday as our sunday segment of the michelle meow show and so we're we're here and i've got some great guests for you today as always i know you guys really appreciate some of the information that we share with you and so we'll continue to do that and um my first guest today though is someone that you've has been on the show quite a few times for a couple of reasons number one i love the the uh the book that he authors and the series that he has going on there and number two the book series has been um, uh, acknowledged um, uh, for uh, how great it is recently, and we want to talk about that. And we need an update on where this book is going as far as its TV series likelihood. So um, I want to introduce you, Jake Biondi, excuse me, who is the author of the Boys Town series. Hi, Jake. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? How's the weather back in good. in uh, Chicago? Oh my God, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. New Year. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been chilly here in California and rainy and wet and but really been cold more so than usual. I think I don't know how about anybody else out there out there in California what they think, but it's been rather chilly here in the Bay Area and people are coming down with lots of colds and flus and whatnot. So, but I bet you know the the snow it has nothing to compare to the snow. So I I don't know why I'm right. whining. I don't right. know why I'm whining. It's been like in the single digits here, so. Well, I want to congratulate you because you, in November, right, 11-11-16, um, released your uh, no, number 12, six. December, 12-16-16. Okay, I, got, I knew it was one of the two were the same. Was it 11-11-16 or 12? Okay, 12-12-16. So it hasn't even been a month yet that it's been out. No. Nope. And this nope. is your, your sixth book in the series. Um, book six. Yeah, book six. Hey, lucky book six, right? Right. You know, and what I always enjoy about you, series to series, is that because you are one of those authors who you actively engage with your audience, you you are on social media and on your website, and you actively engage with uh, the people who read your book. And um, how much of an advantage does that give you, you think, as an author, when you're writing the type of book that you do, which is pretty much a soap opera? So, um, what does that? What advantage does that give you as you write each series, in the each book in the well, series? Well, I, I don't know if it gives me an advantage. I mean, it gives me a chance to get sort of my finger on the pulse of what people are thinking about the storylines of the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I made a promise to myself that um, if this series took off, that anyone that got in touch with me or reached out to me, I would respond to, and and that's been the great fun of the series more so than writing it has just been interacting with the fans hearing from people all over the country and all over the world that have uh, connected with characters or storylines so the advantage is if they've got suggestions I'm always open to them and have written some of the suggestions into the series 
and just um, understanding better who they like and don't like and what storylines are resonating with them so I can continue those and start some new ones too. And you also include in your each book um, real people. I mean, people who, uh, you know, some of your characters are fictitious or most of them are, but um, there are people who, you know, of their real identity, um, people that we are familiar with, singers, um, you know, club owners, bar, whatever, but you put them in the book, you know, um, as well. And that has to be, um, give it a sense of, particularly for people in the Chicago area, give it a sense of realism for them as well. Yeah, and it's also my way of sort of saying thanks and paying it forward. Uh, most of these people that are in there um, as themselves have been really helpful or supportive of the Boys Fun series from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, one artist supporting another. So um, I've written them in as a thank you, and they sort of get a kick out of it, seeing themselves interact with the fictitious characters. And hopefully when we move over to the TV series, we can have them uh, make those appearances on the TV series as well and get them some well-deserved exposure on the television. Well, wouldn't that be fun? Now, now let's, let's kind of get into that. Well, before I get into that, I want to say something about the, this series, too, because you just recently, um, I think it was, it was through Amazon, or where is it you got awarded for the best? Um... Uh, there was a reviewer that um, writes on a website called the Books, I'm uh, sorry, bookslist.com, mm-hmm. and... Uh, he releases every year, I guess, his best of the year and uh, put Boys Town in his best of 2016. So that was a really nice surprise and a nice honor. He's been a fan of the series more recently, so he's gone through all five books at the time quickly and recently and put them all in his top um, top picks for the year, which is great. And uh, he's just finished book six and is going to put his review out on that, I guess, in the next week or so as well. So that was really exciting and we have maintained the, or the series itself has maintained its average rating from the readers on amazon for five stars which is almost yeah superb. so yeah that's amazing yeah, so all all uh, six books um have a five-star rating on amazon and and you introduced a new character um as you always do introduce new people because you keep killing people off so um <laughs> 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 you got to bring in new people when you're killing people off but um, you bring, <laughs> but you <laughs> you brought in a trans male character in season in season six. Yeah, I know. I, I I've been really proud of the fact that the the cast of characters in Boys Town is very diverse, um, just like the Boys Town neighborhood is here in Chicago. And so I thought it was time to diversify even more and include um, a new character. And so this was important to me to sort of get it right. And so uh, I reached out to a number of friends and friends of friends who are transgender themselves and just sort of met with them and talked with them and wanted to know what their experiences were and searched for sort of commonalities in the um, experiences that they they shared and um, created the character of Ethan out of talking with them. So Great. I love that you do that research. I'm so glad you do that. Because you gotta yeah, get you, know, you gotta get it right, right? You gotta get it right. Right. I, you know what? And it's and there's so many stereotypes and things that I there don't want you go. to into any of them, right? So there you um, go. This was really great, and it and they really appreciated it, and I made some great friends out of it, which is even better. Um, and so the character emerges, and as you watch the character through book six, then eventually you find out 
um, his real identity and what's going on with him. And he is immediately so sort of thrust into a plot line with the main um, Mancini family characters. So he's going to be around for a while. Great, great. And I think it's really interesting, too, because you did say that you do have a very diverse cast of characters um, in in your book series. And so when it does go to... Um, you know, full development for TV in your casting, it's going to leave a lot of room for so many different people to be a part of this project. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like you don't have to like change anything. You know how sometimes when you hear about people who do films or television shows say, well, you know, we originally wrote that character to be this, but we changed it to fit this person at audition. Do you know what I mean? Because we, but you've already got every pretty much everything covered in this in this series. Yeah, and I mean, I know that there'll, there'll be changes, you know, from the books to the TV series, and that's to be expected, but um, at least I've got a huge, diverse um, group of characters to pick from and work with. And it was important because the, the neighborhood here is, is like that, you know? The neighborhood mm-hmm. is becoming increasingly straight, and so the book had to have straight characters, and old and young and different races and beliefs and everything. So... It's all we've got. Some somebody to re, everyone can relate to. How 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 shocking or has it been, or or should I say even unexpected? Maybe is a better word. Um, uh, has it has it been for you to see how broad of an audience you've been able to reach on a story about a specific neighborhood in a specific city? Yeah, it's been really cool, actually. And you know what? Even though it's a specific city, um, this, this neighborhood exists in every major city. Mm-hmm. So um, people have reached out from all over. Initially, the reading audience was really primarily straight female and uh, eventually then brought in to include gay males and some straight males. And so it's a pretty diverse audience, I think, because of the characters. So. I would hope that, like any other show on TV or book that people read, they can see characteristics of themselves in the characters, even if it's not the same sexual orientation or gender that they themselves are. So, mm-hmm. so um, I think that's, that's where I think that's where um, the San Francisco um, looking, the San Francisco based looking miss the 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 boat. Um, not, right. to, not to make that, you know, trying to make, not make a comparison, but I think that's where they also missed the boat is that it didn't have, it didn't bring in the appeal of other area and it didn't really grasp on the appeal of a major amount of San Franciscans either. But, but it, you know what I'm saying? It didn't have that mass from so many different areas, either straight, straight women, you know, gay men. It didn't have this wide variety um, and, and, and I don't see that happening with Boys Town. I see, like you said, I just see like there's so much interest in the book and people can see themselves in the characters somewhere in the stories. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I um, didn't see every episode of Looking, but I do know that people, the feedback people had shared with me about it. And, it, you know, I was writing it probably at the tail end of my, my books, at the tail end of that series. But my goal is always just to present people that, you know, are from everyday life that people can connect to 
and then put them in, you know, sort of crazy soap opera situations. Mm -hmm. But I hope not everybody's <laughs> yeah, finding themselves in. Yeah, yeah, um, having so, fires um, and getting themselves right, in exactly. fires and all that kind of stuff that's not fun now. <laughs> right, you know, normally not. So um, the fantasy piece is there too, but um, the, I think the thing that keeps people coming back to the books is that they're connecting with certain characters or seeing how characters are developed and the characters they didn't like at the beginning moment, maybe they like and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I know you are, are you're working with um, a new production company um, called Legal Alien out of the uh, L.A. area to bring right. this to... Um, you know, bring this to television, and I know you've been doing this for what about a what a good year now, kind of. Yeah, you're really you know, thrusting. And every time I talk to you uh, and check in with you, it seems like we're getting so much closer and so much closer to you know realizing this. So what I want to do is I want to take a quick break and um, uh, you know listen to some little messages that we got here for some of our our organizations here um, in the Bay and beyond. And then I want to come back and I want to delve in a little bit more about where we are with the production of this for television, okay? Okay, sure. Okay, well, we'll be right back with Jake Biondi, the author and creator of the Boys Town book series, right after these messages. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Sines, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E.com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices.
Well, we're back. That was a nice little break. Give me a little breather. I should have actually gone to get some tea because, you know, I'm feeling a little parched here. But I didn't do that. Welcome back to It's Everything. And I'm your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. And we've been speaking um, for the first quarter with... Uh, a good friend of mine. I, I'm considering you a good friend now, Jake. It seems like I've been walking oh, through this absolutely. journey with you absolutely. for a while. Every step of the way. With Jake Biondi of um, Boys Town, um, the book series fame, the author and creator of all the stories and the characters. And as we were taking our break, we just were getting into talking a little bit more about um, the the um, production that's happening now to bring this to TV. Or I should say, I, is TV even a real good word to re- use anymore? Because TV is kind of, we've got the internet, we've got all the stuff going on and how we view, but I guess to make it a media, visual media thing um, is right. what they're going to do. And it's Legal <laughs> Alien Productions and uh, Weston and Gabe are the, the partners there. They're working with you on, on that. And so where are we? I know the last time I talked with you, I think it was during book five. Um, so what was that, June, July? Um, right, right. And you were, you were kind of, you know, still get you were closer and closer to getting to the part where maybe a pilot production was going to be happening sometime soon. Where are we with that? Well, I think that uh, Gabe and Weston have been really great and about laying the groundwork for finally beginning production. Um, I think they spent much of 2016 reaching out, making the right contacts, and getting some financing in place as well, like the business aspect of all this, which is their forte and not mine. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. they've been getting it all put together. And so I think um, that they are now at the point where they're ready to actually start developing the, the show and uh, maybe doing some the casting and then um, filming the pilot or maybe multiple um, episodes at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, I think reached out to several showrunners and um, even some actors, I think, and uh, are ready to get the team together and start moving forward. So 2017, I think, is going to be our year. So I'm excited to see how this all comes to play. Obviously, this will be a first time for me. And um, I'm excited just to see the characters on my pages of my books coming to life in the form of the actors that get cast and then seeing how this all translates to the screen. Now, how, what have they, um, you know, kind of told you as far as, like, where where will this likely end up? Will it likely end up on a network TV? I mean, particularly since it is it is a gay show. It's not it's not a, a, a regular show with, uh, or LGBTQ show. It's not a regular show that happens to have one or two gay characters. Um, well, I think I think that we're they're really focusing on the broad appeal, so that the same way that you could say that a, a mainstream show has straight characters and maybe a few gay characters in there as well, that lots of people can connect with, regardless of their sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. I think that's really how they're pitching this. That while they're predominantly gay characters, um, they are characters that that transcend sexual orientation and also. Um, reach out and connect with a larger viewing audience. I think that um, they're trying to um, shoot for a network that uh, appreciates and understands that, maybe willing to take a little bit of risk in terms of um, the content and the relationships that the series portrays. Um, and the key, I think, is that it's going to be the series we're saying is inspired by the books. And so like any book series that gets translated into a film or a TV show, 
it's going to have obviously some things directly from the books, and then probably some things revised or sped up or slowed down, you know, um, in a way because it's a different medium. So the story has to be told a little bit differently. Um, so I think there's going to be those changes. But at the heart of it, the core of Boys Town in the books will be the core of Boys Town in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people are getting excited about it the more that they learn about it. Um, yeah, well, I, I'm wondering if part of their thinking, too, is because I heard in Hollywood, and I don't know if you've heard this, but I heard in Hollywood that it, in real talk that there's only a certain amount of gay-specific pilots that they can act, that actually are allowed to be, you know, put out there, like, on as a pilot so you could they were only say three say they're three a year, three a season and now we have like two seasons a year really a season right. um pilots can be put out there that are gay specific and i thought that that was totally re- and i'm hearing this from some hollywood folk there's a number i don't know if it's three two whatever it is but okay. it, but there's a number and so i'm wondering if part of their rationale too and see i we don't have west weston and gabe here but if part of the rationale is to kind of kind of jump that so that you're not stifled by a quota. I know that sounds weird, but that you're not stifled by that by trying to pitch it as, you know, a general interest, even though the majority of the characters may be gay, that there's a general, this is a general interest story. And I like that. I like that. I like this avenue that these guys are taking. I would have enjoyed picking their brain on that, but that's really cool. And that, and, and, and I'm glad, and I think that's what the appeal is to, for you is that, and I don't know how, you know, and that goes to you that you've been able to really, because you are a soap opera fanatic that you enjoyed those dynasty in Dallas years yep. oh, that yeah. that in the Falcon Crest years you enjoyed those shows <laughs> so much that you wrote from a perspective of that love for that love for those types of show and then you wrote from the perspective of a, of who you are so you combine those two and so I think that's why it comes out so great is that the first foremost thing is I think it's your love for soap operas and for that format and then the second is now I'm going to write from a point of what I know I know the LGBTQ community so I'm I'm going to write from that but you, do you do you kind of See where I'm going with that? Is I, that kind of yeah, accurate? No, I, I think that's, I think you nailed it on the head because when I started this years ago, when I didn't know if it was going to be one chapter, let alone six books, was really just that I wanted to sit down and write a continuing sort of a saga mm-hmm. like I had loved when I was watching those different shows on TV that just happened to have um, you know, a, more of a focus on gay characters than traditionally was the case. So... The story of telling needed to be the same, and the characters, again, needed to be people that people connected with. Because even when those shows got ridiculous towards the end of their runs and they were running out of story ideas, people still tune in because those are the characters that they knew. And so, um, you know, I want to make sure that Boys Town is always the, those core group of characters that connected people from moment one and will continue to connect them on through whatever book number we stop at. Um, and within that kind of storytelling and the fact that it transcends um, genre at this point and appeals to lots of people, I think, is what attracted Gabe and uh, Weston to this to begin with. Yeah, yeah. Now, you actually, did they come for you or did you actually seek them out? 
Um, they found me uh, wow. through social media, mm-hmm. and we talked because there were several different producers that actually had contacted me at the you know over the course of time to to talk about this being a series. And Weston reached out to me. He was one of the first ones, and we just hit it off in terms of personality. He knew Chicago really well. They lived here, and um, he got it right away. Like the vision of the story and the excitement of the story. And just said, like, if you give us a chance, we're going to make this work and we're going to do the best job possible. And, you know, I was sold just after the first conversation with them because they were really sincere and I felt like they were trustworthy, especially, you know, me being a complete novice on all this Hollywood stuff. They were people I could trust and work with. They have really high standards, um, great reputations, and also um, really understood the story and the books. And And that's important. I think that's important. I think that's very important, particularly because you already have, um, I don't know, the audience already has an expectation um, because of the success of the series of books. You know, it's not like turning one novel into a a, a TV series, which has happened before, or the the premise of one novel into a series, because we don't have an ongoing expectation. We read the book, and that's kind of it. But you keep us kind of going every six months with the new new show, and I think that's, they've got to kind of, you got to keep you got to keep that vision you got to keep that hunger cuz that's what's made it successful you know what i mean so i'm right, really right. i'm I really look- it, you know and, it, and from their end and it's nice to be creating a show that has an audience built in already yeah too, oh so yeah oh yeah ways, yeah yeah that's going to be on well i am just so excited and i can't wait till we get to that stage where a pilot will be coming out and in, in, I think you're right 2017 you know everybody who knows we could be on the fall schedule um, of this right. year and um, uh, it would be so wonderful Jake you've worked so hard for this and you've just well, been so you. creative and put out a great book series um, that and, and I'm going to leave you with this thought though because you um, have been so interactive with your fan base and I you know, and I know that they love writing to you and know that they're going to get a response back. I'm wondering how all of that's going to change for you once you become the major, you know, uh, TV show, <laughs> you know, owner guy. So, um, you know, keep that how you're going to manage that because that's going to happen and you're going to have to manage that. Uh, right, right. right. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I'm hoping it'll happen. We'll keep fingers yeah. crossed. And I. My commitment to them will still be number one. So. Okay, okay. Well, Jake, yes. thank you so much for visiting with us here on It's Everything. It's always a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Okay. Well, you guys, we'll Jake Beyond, yeah. And if you want more about the book, just go to jakebeyondy.com and hear, learn all you want to about Boys Town and keep up to date on the series. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be back with our next guest. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, 
Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar. We are, of course, the weekly Sunday edition of the Michelle Miao Show. And uh, we just got through speaking with a dear friend of mine and a great author of the phenomenal book series, Boys Town, which um, um, is in its sixth he calls them seasons because he's written them like a soap opera. So each book is a, a season, and about two books come out a year, and, and just released on December 12th, no, December 16th <laughs> of 2016, uh, book number six. And um, we are in, the, they're in the, like the final stages of it be, being going into production for the pilot for the TV series. So hopefully in the fall, I think, we can look maybe possibly at 2017 of a, of a pilot being out there for you guys out there to see. But in the meantime, again, go to jakebeyond.com for information about Boys Town, the book series. And also, uh, it is the cover story for the Gloss Magazine here in San Francisco's uh, January 20th issue. And it'll be on the stands then on Jan January 20th. So look for that. But now it's time for me to move from the reading material to the music material, as we so often do here on It's Everything. And I'm, I'm going to introduce you to so many of you, I'm sure, a new person that I came across, of course, you know, during the world of music, of which I happen to be a part of. And um, I, you know, kind of met this guy, and I love his stuff, and I wanted to bring him on the show because he just released his third album called The Black Album. And so welcome, Taylor Olson. How are you, guy? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, fine. Okay. Did, okay. Now, come on. Did you just wake up? I am a little. Okay. I'm yeah. Okay. Because you are, you are a musician, and we know how musicians sleep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we sleep very loud. We, we 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 stay up late, but we me coming to do this show at this early hour, honey, is tough. Okay, it I is know. tough. But uh, it'll, it'll, I'm still recovering a little bit from New Year's. I had a show in Vegas. Oh, so. that's right. That's right. Let, we'll talk yeah. about that. Let, but um, we'll talk about that because yeah, you did do that, so I can totally get that. But welcome back to you know the the music world because I know you've been working on putting this album together, and it took you away a little bit from your your youtube channel that you know so many people out there are so used to seeing you and i think a lot yeah. of people probably will recognize you and your name more for your doing your cover tunes all the time on on your youtube channel you know because we know mm -hmm. you we, you a big britney fan <laughs> okay uh, um, the boy's a big I, britney fan <laughs> 
queen right there. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you do put that out there. But you took a little bit of a, 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 of a break from all of that to really concentrate, I, I was assuming, of uh, putting this album together because you've got 10 tracks on the Black Album. Yes, it's a lot of it was a lot of music and a long process. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about um, I, the introductory track on that um, on this album. Really, kind of sets the tone as far as um, not that you're calling out people, but since you do rap and sing, I mean, you do kind of the Queen Latifah thing. Um, you yeah. rap and sing, or you know, the, what's her name, the Missy Elliott, where you do both of them. And um, but you do kind of you know it, it almost seems like you're trying to not trying to squash some some talk out there but you are kind of in that first that introductory tune. Yeah, um, I, well, I released the second album that was mostly me rapping because mm-hmm. I was introducing like a different side of myself, and I got you know like you know like most things that come out when like there's a gay rapper or even like a white rapper like you get a lot of like a lot of heat a lot of backlash so, yeah yeah like people yeah. people in your face i know what you're saying i know what you're saying i i i've had i've had um both of those white gay whatever on the show before and it's never it's always the same story it's always the same yeah. story yeah so yeah one more time was just a little bit of like a a little bit of like a clap back, like okay, mm-hmm. like let me let me just we can just end this right here, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like but, I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you. How how long did it really take you, you know? Because ten tra- a lot of people are doing EPs these days, which you know five mm-hmm. half of the amount of tracks that you're doing, uh, that you yeah. did. Um, so how long did it take you to to do this um, album? Um, that's, you you only have one cover tune on this. Only one cover, and I had mm-hmm. to do a little like remaking and tweaking to kind of make it my own on that. Um, but t- I started the process in November of 2015, mm-hmm. and then and then I think I finished like the production beginning, like finished the whole thing beginning of October 2016. Wow! Now, and you yeah. you produce it all. You you produce every song, um, <laughs> and do you play all the music? I I have this joke with my other friends who are artists. It's like, oh yeah, Taylor produces his own stuff, but if you put a guitar or piano in front of him, he's screwed. Like I'm 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 really good on the computer, mm-hmm. and I'm really good like with my ear and just kind of like experimenting. But when it comes to, like actually instruments, I'm like I have a little bit of a struggle with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, I, I produce everything. I, yeah, but oh, yeah, you, but the production's good. I mean, you, you, that's important. You got to make it blend and sound and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, I, I'm not, you know, but I didn't know if you did all, if you were like Prince, you know what I mean? I wish I was. You know, Damn. and just like a one because that helps the process a little bit when you, when it's, when everything is under your domain, you know what I mean? You don't have to wait for yeah. If you're doing all the instrumentation, you don't have to wait for that person to come in. You know, I'm waiting for the track, boo. Okay, when well, I'm going to get the track, you know. <laughs> you don't have to wait for all that. But, you know, but sometimes that can slow down your process is kind of what the point that I was, you know, trying to make on that. But, um, oh, yeah, totally. But, yeah, but, uh, but that's really hard. I know how it is to get in there and to actually do, eight, to actually from start to finish, to finish one song and the fact that you've done ten on this and and you know is is to me always amazing for people to do that and I I don't have that kind of patience 
I, I could never be one of those artists that say I'm gonna put out an album. I can't do that. I don't have that kind of patience. I want I want it out now. <laughs> no, you know, I want so, it out now. I know. I'm so bad at it too. I have the same like level of patience you do. I was like every time I finished a song, I was like, okay, well, it's like, really good. I want to put it. Out. <laughs> I want to put it out. I want to perform this like now. Right, right. Booth, but I want to do it. <laughs> like, cause there's still probably some songs on this album that are a year and a half old in your eyes, and it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of um, over it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's 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 a couple on there where I'm like, wow, I recorded them last. June. Yeah, you know. Like, these are so, and then, like some people are just hearing them for the first time, and like I'm doing these performances, and I'm like, you're hearing this for the first time, and I've actually been singing this for the past six months. Yeah. Now, have you been have you been a performer all your life? I mean, you're not you're you're pretty young. How old are you? Like twenty two, twenty three? I'm actually twenty six. Okay. Um, yeah. And you're still young. Trust me, that's still young. Um, so when did you start? When did this become a passion for you to actually make this your, you know, your life? Um, I think I always had this, like, I came from, like, a really big family, and mm -hmm. I always had this kind of need for, I guess, a little bit of attention. Mm -hmm. um, and I always was, like, dancing and, like, singing around my house. My mom had, like, all these home videos of me, like, dancing to Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, like, music videos. So I think I was always kind of like an entertainer. I guess I never like held like holding in on like what I wanted to do. And then I started like singing in junior high, like doing a little like chorus stuff. And then probably like when I graduated high school, I was like, nope, I need, I want to do this like full time. Like this is, this is my passion. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And then it was a big distraction. Like when I was in college, because I wasn't focused <laughs> like, on your school. Yeah. Uh, no, not at all. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then that's when I was like, I'm just going to move to LA and I'm going to make it happen. So, where are you originally from? I'm actually originally from Northern California. Okay. And like Sacramento? That's where I'm from. Uh, Sonoma. Oh, so you're closer to the Bay Area where, where I am now. So that's kind of yep. that's kind of cool on, on that. Well, I want to talk more about the Black Album, but first, before we do that, I'm going to play your lead track from the um, from the album called All Night, and then we're going to go right into a commercial break when it's done, and then we'll come back and kind of finish up with more detail on what maybe the next single will be, and I want to talk a little bit about the Aaliyah song that you covered. Okay. Sounds great. Okay, well, right now we're going to play the lead single off of the Black Album.
One touch and you bring him back. All of them old feels. So let's just cut a deal with our lips and keep it real. Uh, it's child's play. We're too grown to admit it. That it's each other's touch that we're missing. Drop the pills because I got the herb. Turn off your phone. Need not disturb. After we done, get ready for round two. I'll roll the blunt. Spark it for you. You know when I throw it down, it's trouble. You'll gasp for air when my tongue pops that bubble. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Symes, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot -E com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. 
Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for staying in tune with us here on Progressive Voices. I'm here with my Sunday segment of the Michelle Meow Show. I am BB Sweetbriar on It's Everything. And if you've missed the first 45 minutes, well, shame on you. But you definitely just got through listening to, hopefully, the all-night uh, new single off of the Black Album by Taylor Olson. Um, that You're really R&B influenced in your music, aren't you? I really am. It's kind of what I grew up with. My mom loved R&B, and that's kind of like what I tried to influence a lot into my music. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, there aren't very, I shouldn't say this because I know I'm going to get in trouble because I open my mouth and I say stuff, <laughs> but, you know, to me, the R&B soulful flavor of songs require people who can actually sing as opposed mm-hmm. to... Um, the fabricated vocals or the, you know, you, you can hum a little bit and so that we just put you in there and then we fix everything in the studio, the post-production. Yeah. But you have to be able to really carry a tune. And I've seen some of your videos on on YouTube where, you know, you're either out in the club and you've done a karaoke or you're actually performing live and you can actually sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can actually you can actually sing on a microphone that don't have all that EQ on it that they could you know what I mean? And and that's to me, you have to have that ability to me to pull off some R and B flavored stuff. You know what I'm saying? You gotta yeah. you can't you totally. can't be bringing me no, let me see. I, I, I'm not gonna name a name because then I'll get in some real trouble. I'll be on TMZ. <laughs> I'll be on TMZ. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be like Kim Burrell, you know, <laughs> banned from something. Oh, no. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, but you know, and, and that's impressive. That's really impressive. Thank you. Yeah, you it's um, it's it's a lot of work, but it's I I just really love that that genre of music and taking other genres and kind of like. Fusing them in mm-hmm. with R and B is, is just is uh is is me. Like that's I when people ask like my genre, it's really hard to kind of kind pinpoint of that it. That I, yeah. You're kinda like you're kinda like gumbo. You just got a little bit of everything in there, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that's what we're gonna call you. We got Taylor Olson's he's the gumbo king. He's a, he's the a gumbo gum, king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying a little bit of everything. But uh just a little bit, yeah. yeah. I so what 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 is the next what are you trying to put out there after because the, you released this because the album came out when? When did it hit um iTunes? Like the end of December, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I haven't yeah. been out that long, and I know um, you know you're pushing the single now, which is really good. But do you have one of the more upbeat, the little faster ones coming out as your next song, or what are you thinking? So we are actually we're shooting the all night music video in a couple weeks. Okay. And then I'm going to be shooting two more music videos next. Next month, I'm shooting a music video for my song Berserk, yes. which I actually have with my um, yes. best friend, who all, who's, a dress, who's a drag queen. Her name is Misty Violet, mm-hmm. and we're shooting a music video for that um, somewhere here in L.A. Um, I really want to shoot another video for my other song, Love Me Again, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a big power ballad that I did on the very end of the album. Right, right. So there's big plans. 
<laughs> yeah. But but you have a remake on there, a cover tune. And um, from from Aaliyah, you have um, Are You That Somebody? Yeah. And um, which is so many people's favorite songs. I mean, I can, I can you know what I mean? It's like that is a so song. So many. So many people. <laughs> and you tackled it um, as a male vocalist on the song. Yeah. And I have to say you did a very good job. Thank you. That's a tough I was song. So nervous. That's a tough song. It's a tough song to carry the mood of it in a male voice, and you did a very good job of that. Thank you. You know I what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Aaliyah had that 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 soft flow, that real yeah. soft flow, but strong. It was soft, but it was strong. You know, her persona was strong. You'd see her dance. It was strong moves, but her voice was very very soft you know and mm -hmm. but you, and you were able to tackle that and able to put it out there and not lose and i don't i'm not trying to be you know uh, gender specific or trying to be a chauvinist or anything like that but i mean you were able to mm -hmm. keep your masculinity in the song and yeah. and but make it come off i i really enjoy it thank you yeah it was it was really um it was a hard choice because i did want to do kind of like a remake on the album and i've always loved that song just as like everybody else, it, it's one of it's one of a lot of people's favorite songs, mm -hmm. and um, it was hard because I was thinking, do I try and do the soft approach that she kind of did to it? Then mm -hmm. I realized that wouldn't that just wouldn't work with a male vocal, mm -hmm. and I kept the pronouns. I kept the pronouns because I, I'm obviously a gay singer, so I don't mind having the pronouns still in there because that's who I am. Mm -hmm. And people, people still go. With speaking it. of that, like, do, do, how's your audience? I mean, do you find that as as a um, an openly gay um, male singer that you primarily have an LGBT audience, or do or are you um, able to cross over and get a more um, you know general uh, mainstream uh, straight audience as well? I mean, wh where are you seeing yourself in in the in the scene right now? Um, well, I used to, I used to kind of only see myself in the LGBT community, um, which has which benefited me a lot, and I love being a part of my community. Um, recently, I've actually started, like, crossing over, and I'm getting more recognition from just, like, the overall, like, mainstream kind of feel, especially, um, especially performing in Vegas was, mm -hmm. was, was crazy. Because you did that I, on New Year's Eve, right? I did that, yeah. I did a three-hour show on New Year's Eve in the middle of Valleys. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> I've always wondered how that is, because, you know, I've, you, you, I've, I've done my time in the, in the casinos now. And, yes. um, and, you know, you see these acts in the middle of the, of the floor or whatever. You know, they always have the little, the little small club set with the stage and, you know, everything going on there. And, and all this other stuff is happening around you. And you feel mm -hmm. like, you know, how was that performing knowing that, you know, a, a good portion of people weren't necessarily looking at you? They can hear you, but they may not be necessarily <laughs> looking at you because they're trying to, you know, get them spots going or they're playing exactly. them card games. How was that performing for you? That was probably, it was definitely the hardest performance I've ever done in my career, just from the fact that it was, it was basically three hours um, with like 20, with a couple of like 20 minute breaks. I took um, just because I needed to. Well, vocally, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a long yeah. time to sing. 
Particularly yeah, hard, and you it. sing hard. You don't. You don't be. You be hitting some notes up there in that high register that I'm like, girl, please. So I mean, like, that's some hard singing for three hours. Oh no, honey. Three hours. It was. It was. It was a lot. Um, I would have to do me a Mariah Carey and say, put that track on, please, because I cannot. Do <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I definitely had some some background some background vocal um, track help as well because I just. I know, oh, yeah. know my well, voice, you... and I still want to have a good show, you know? Yeah. So, like, in chorus, in, like, the choruses of some of the songs, like, there'd be some backing track to, like, help me through it, because, I mean, let's be real, nobody... Oh, yeah, nobody no, you had to do that. that. You got to have the, you got your harmonies, you got to go, I understand that. But, I mean, but yeah. still, you're singing, you, you know, yeah. you're singing over those other vocals and all that, that's still, that's three, that's a hard time, honey, that's, a, I think that's a labor law issue yeah. <laughs> for singers three hours that's against the law i think but uh but that's good that's probably good ex- and that's probably great exposure for you yeah it was great it was difficult when there was like people that were kind of because i was in the middle of dolly's at the indigo lounge mm-hmm. and there's people that were coming in and out and obviously some people were just going in to get a drink or like to just kind of like chill for a second and i'm up here doing like justin timberlake and nick jonas songs and my own stuff and like it, it, it's different because like sometimes because in Vegas people are grueling in Vegas. They are not. They're not forgiving. Like if you suck, they'll let you know. Oh, like well, you know, for their so free like, for their free entertainment. Let's put it that way. Okay, exactly. that's what I wanted exactly. to like throw out there. They didn't pay a dime to see you. Exactly. Okay, and then they gonna complain. Oh no, honey. See, that's why. That's uh-huh. why I think I'm just gonna end up being management. I'm gonna stop singing <laughs> because I, I see how angry I get when people are like I would be like stop. Hold it up. Hold. Stop the track. Stop the track. Stop, 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 I got to talk to this person right here in front of me. <laughs> Thank, God. Thank God I didn't have that. I didn't you know? have that during my set, which is great. But well, what else are you planning on doing to help promote this album coming up real soon for you? Um, well, I want to go. Um, I'm going to be going back and forth between doing shows here in L.A. I have a couple more shows that I have in Vegas. Um, and I, when I want to come back up to San Francisco and do a couple shows there as well. Have you um, performed here in the Bay before? I haven't, and I want to because I'm from the Bay. So yeah, you're from like Sonoma. I back up there. Yeah. Right. Well, there's, there's, so. there's some places that um, definitely still do you know some live or even even some of the circuit parties or i shouldn't say circuit parties but even parties will have like um a performer do like one song you know um at the midnight hour or whatever so like if you were promoting yeah. one of your fast tracks or whatever like or you had a remix track or something like that you could do mm-hmm. that um so oh, definitely yeah. Yeah, like a circuit remix yeah <laughs> yeah or you know or something that just you know keep the people dancing and moving or swaying i mean they'll, they they may not have to be dancing but definitely keep the energy you know up up on that level but there's other yeah. places too where will allow you to do you know your set do your whole set your 30 minutes or whatever you have that you do um, yeah. There's still places like that here as well. Probably not as many as they do in L.A., but... Um, oh, there's so many here in L.A. It's yeah. crazy. But, um, <laughs> but there's still some places out there. Well, I just really hope that you have the best success with, you know, not only this um, album, but the Black Album, but also, you know, your other two offerings that you've put out there. Now, you're on everything. You're on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Pandora. You're on all of it, right? I am on all of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's Olson, O-L-S-O-N, you guys, not E-N. Um, and Taylor Olson, so if you're looking for it, um, you should, or just put 
Taylor and the Black Album in your search engine, and you should be able able to get that if you are not sure on the last uh, name spelling. But um, um, but yeah, that's really it's really good, and you're really off to, and you're young, and you you know enjoying what you're doing, and that's really good. And I wish you the best of luck in all that you do. Oh, thank you so much. You I really, I really and I look forward for the video. The video should be coming yeah. out. Well, you should be filming in a couple of weeks, so we say within a month maybe it'll be out. Yeah, exactly. All it's night. Gonna all night. Nice. It's going to be nice and sexy. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> ooh, I love that. Mm, you might need a little bit of chocolate up in that video. Give me a call. No. <laughs> Uh, well, you take care, Taylor, and thank you for joining us here on It's Everything. Um, you guys, thank you so much out there in the audience for always tuning in to us on Sunday. We appreciate it. And you know where to come back when you want to get the latest on the greatest here, right here on It's Everything. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? That's just always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. Thanks so much for tuning in today. For more on us and other programs or podcasts you might have missed, you can head to michellemeow.com. See you all next week.